Welcome, Welcome to, to Bibles and Bonnets. Hey, I'm your host, Praise. And I'm your co-host, Cheyenne. Get comfy, grab a Bible, and most of all, don't forget your bonnet for this evening's episode. Okay, we can just start. So, welcome to the ninth chapter of Luke. One thing about Luke is that he has very, he has a lot to say because every other chapter is like 50 to 60 verses. Okay. And sometimes I really think to myself, wow, Luki, you really, you really writing, huh? <laughs> you really writing. Because like, this okay. chapter, I was like, wow, 60, wow. That would be like a three hour, especially the context of this chapter, it would be like a three hour podcast to get all the points. But fortunately for everybody, we're going to divide this again into two chapters. So, how is... Huh? Should we pray? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but it's all right. Um, let's yeah, let's pray in. Do you want to pray in or you want to pray? All right, everyone, bow your heads, eyes slanted, closed. Um, you know the drill. Heavenly Father, when two or more gathered, your presence is here. I just pray that you help us get through this Bible study. Pray that each of us take something for it from it and that you help each of us understand and learn something new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So how was your week, Leah? My week was I had a pretty I had a pretty good week. Um what happened this week? Uh, I got ice cream this week, so that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a pretty good week. Oh, I just remember I have a test this weekend. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> when does it do? When does it do? Um, not this weekend, but, um, like, the, like, the, this Friday. Oh, no. I was about to say, I thought it was due today. I was about to say, if you don't get off this call and go do your homework. <laughs> you know, I was really going to freak out. It really beats school. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's good. Besides the test, though, I hate tests personally. Cheyenne, how was your week? My week was overall good. Actually, pretty good. I've been working for about over half of it. So that's kind of a blur, but it was good. I think everything's going to happen. I'm really excited. I don't even have anything to say. My week was okay. Um, I don't even have anything to say about the events that played out these week. This week, I just keep. I just gotta keep moving forward, and that's literally the sum of it. Do you want to go out over your PowerPoint? Hit the next one. So. I like these pictures. Don't, don't hype her up. This looks dramatic. This looks so dramatic. Clip. Alright. So, Leah, do you remember anything from the last chapter? Or what we talked about? I remember the last chapter of the three. Because actually, I remember the last chapter. I think we went over it. There's one of the stories where um, there was a woman. I'm not sure if I'm thinking of the week before that, but there was a woman that was bleeding for like over 12 years. Yep. That yeah. Was the last there chapter. you go. She touched the the end of Jesus's like it was not like a it's kind of like a um, like garment. She touched like the hem. Yeah. And then she was nice, like she was healing her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and so that's, that's of her faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one of the events. You can hit the the button. Oh! Did you see that? What? You saw that? What? what? Is it that like, cool? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No! That's why you glam pictures, because you get saucy with the points. So, Oh, wow. We talked about the parable of the sower. Basically, 
that's when they were talking about the soil and how which seeds fall on which type of soil and that basically was you know what do you do when you hear the word of god do you take it and apply it to your life or does it just go in one ear out the other ear yeah 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 then we talked about the lamp on the stand which basically was a parable saying how if you know the truth of the gospel you shouldn't just hide it from everybody else you need to showcase it and when people meet you they should be able to tell that you are a person um they're also jesus called to calm the storm his disciples had no faith they thought they were going to die um what what no it's not you keep going they thought they were going to die um jesus also sorry i'm sitting so far away jesus restored a demon possessed man we know the demon they were called legion because there were so many demons in that man and then they were terrified of him and they did not they were terrified of jesus they did not want to go into the abyss so then jesus told them that they could go into these pigs which then proceeded to drown themselves and then the man was like boom like normal person again um and then jesus also raised a dead girl and healed the sick woman. So that's what Leah just talked about with the cloth and how she touched the end of the cloth um, and stopped bleeding. And then the dead girl, she had been pronounced dead and then Jesus raised her back to life. Overall, like the theme is faith. Yeah. Because you have the parable of the sower, faith, basically. The lamp on the stand, again, symbol of faith. Jesus calming the storm, again, disciples, faith. Jesus restores demon possessed man it's, he was just yeah powered by faith you know do i need to click more is there you can click more okay so this is this is we're checking out extremely extensive it's so extensive so we are gonna stop at the transfiguration right? no we're gonna well we're going to stop at jesus predicts his death right and then next After, week we're we gonna read jesus predicts his death yeah, we're stopping like at twenty seven. Like we're gonna read twenty seven, okay. but that's where that's the stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I really want to go mid, but mid would have been in the middle of the transfiguration. I was like, no, let's. That's fine. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna read yeah. about how Jesus sends out, out the twelve because they do that because my vision is horrible. Jesus, to everyone listening, Cheyenne decides to sit far away and she can't see. Um, Jesus sends out the 12. We're going to read about Jesus feeding the 5,000. How Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. Very famous verse that I heard growing up. And Jesus predicting his death. Do we need to close? That's where we're going to stop, actually, until we finish the chapter. Okay. Okay. So... From verse 1 to 9, you can go on. Okay. After this, Jesus traveled from about one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Oh, also, no, I'm on chapter 8, my B. Why are you on chapter 8? Sorry, Leah, are you in the right place? Are you in the right chapter? Sorry, I didn't realize I was muted. I'm on chapter 8. I'm on chapter 9. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? 
and he tried to see. So, notice that it says Jesus, who again, 100% human, 100% God, gave them the power and authority over over demons to cure diseases. So I wanted to point that out because this goes to show you that the power given came only through Jesus and not through man himself. So it's not like we can randomly just, oh, Cheyenne, you're healed. Bah! Like I can't just drive out random demons by myself, like through the power of man. I would look, I would look foolish. That, that would be embarrassing. It's like we can only do this through the power like Jesus, in this case, through the power Jesus gave them because he has the authority to give that power. Hence, even when we do stuff, it's, oh, in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. through Jesus be healed. Through da, da, da. We give the acknowledgement that it's through Jesus that mm-hmm. the power will come through. Like, even in Jesus' name, I pray. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like there's power in his name. And then even in Jesus' name alone, demons like are ready to flee, breaking each other's ankles, running away from him. So, you know, I just wanted to point that out because I like that. And Jesus told them to take nothing with them when he sent them out. Why? In a sense, it's because they won't need it. And I felt, to me personally, I felt like this would be more of a testimony because they really came out no money. They didn't have anything. They was really going on um, relying on God. Like, okay, I trust God enough that he's going to give me a place to lie my head, give me food to eat and stuff like that when I go travel to these cities with these houses. Even though there would be some towns that won't accept them but i like the thought of that you know they was literally going by faith like all right i'm relying on god to take care of me and he did like they each one of them they had sometimes a place to sleep they had food to eat you know it's not like they was just on the road starving hitchhiking like please just spare bread please just a shekel please they was fine they was provided for and also, I wanted to point out a commentary. Um, in these days, it was a custom for people to receive travelers into their houses. And it was the custom to offer them a bed and food while they were there. So the disciples could expect such kindness in each place. And while they remain in that town or village, the disciples should stay in one house. So they would, so there would literally should be, every time they travel, really at the kindness of someone to accept them in. You know? And then, whoever will not receive you, overall, the disciples' main mission was to preach the word of God through the towns. So by someone not receiving the disciples, they're literally choosing not to receive God and his message. Hence is the reason why they should leave. Like, why would you stay where God isn't welcome? It's not, like, why would you even want to stay there in the first place? Mm -hmm. Dust your feet. Just keep moving. And another commentary Said, pointed out that the Lord will consider that as evidence against the people of that place and that action would warn the people that this is a very serious matter to refuse God's message as we will read in Matthew. So we're circling back to Harad, the man responsible for beheading John the Baptist and imprisoning him. And as we know, there were people who assumed that Jesus was John the Baptist or reincarnated Elijah. And Harad is over here like confuzzled because he's like, because of the talk going around, that people assume John rose from the dead and John is Jesus. And Harad is probably over here like thinking to himself, um, I definitely had that guy beheaded. I definitely killed him. But if he, what if he did come back to life? Is he gonna come back? I imagine him like, what if he comes back? <laughs> and then he's like, it probably was an uneasy feeling that he was going through. And it made him wonder who Jesus was. And because of this, he wanted to see him. So, um, I wanted to also point out from the commentary, the area that Harad ruled included Galilee, and he heard what happened in this area. So he heard about Jesus and what he had done, and Harad thought that perhaps John the Baptist literally just came back to life. And he thought that perhaps Jesus was John the Baptist. And some people thought the same as Harad. So this was a strange idea, because Jesus, as we know, Jesus and John was existing at the same time like john baptized jesus Mm -hmm. so it's like and he was doing these miracles and stuff even before john's death so it's like weird to think that when john dies automatically he's this guy like as if john is like in two halves right now there's the one john and then jesus is the other john it's kind of like a strange concept yeah it didn't really make sense to me but still this idea at the end of the day made harad feel uneasy because he was like i killed him Mm -hmm. but he wanted to know who jesus was are we, you still, 
you following along, Leah? Yeah. Okay, cool. You have any questions? No. Okay. Any questions, cousin? Okay. So we can go from 10 to 17. All right. Uh, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. This whole time, I've been so zoning out. I was reading that as Bathsheba. I need to get out of David. <laughs> I need to get out of David. <laughs> but the crowds, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, "Send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside to find food and lodging." Because we are in a remote place here. Whew. Sorry. Remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The, di the disciples did so and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. I want to be where the Savior is. That's literally what I think about every time I read a verse that the multitudes follow Jesus. It wasn't like these three people. It was a multitude of people. Like to the point where even with the lady who was bleeding for 12 years, all them people, it's so crowded. I would get anxiety. I'd walk in the back. But then again, not really because everyone probably wants to be close to Jesus. So I probably would try to get as close as I can. But I'm not, I'm not built for crowds. So the multitudes, as we know, follow Jesus once again. So my thing is, can you imagine the determination? Because you have these people. This is over here. All right, let's go. This is over here. Okay, let's go. People were walking. <laughs> people were walking, were taking donkeys. They were fans. Jesus' popularity just continues to grow, and they, and then it's like the more he his popularity grew, the more people would probably want to come. And I'm just like, wow. Think about it this way: you know, you follow your favorite celebrity on social media, but like back in those days, they followed them literally. Literally, they followed them literally. literally. Like, like if you was to follow, like, um, like if, like if I wanted to follow Beyonce on Instagram and follow her every move that she posts online i technically could do that like how nikki fans be on top of nikki mm -hmm. on top of nikki they do. <laughs> i i never seen it like i don't even the barbs the barbs don't play <laughs> and nikki treats them like her children she does. it's i think it's like a, i think it's cute but um not to get off subject despite the fact that jesus took his disciples privately into the deserted place in Bethsaida, and the multitudes came to him he accepted them. So what I really like about this is that he didn't turn them away. And Jesus does not turn away from those who truly seek him with all their heart for help, etc. He literally receives us. And, and an example I wanted to put out, Leah, get this. So for the last few days, Cheyenne's family and myself and myself have been dog sitting two additional dogs named Pete and Leah, right? So when I tell you that these groups of dogs follow me everywhere. And I mean everywhere. When I go to the bathroom, Leia would Leia would follow me to the bathroom, right? I would close the door. One time I closed the door, I'm do 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 doing my business. I come out, this dog is sitting in front of the door. Like I accidentally like hit her with the door. I'm like, Leia move! And then like I can have food. Here come Peppa and Ginger following me. I can get up. And once I walk, like I can get up from the kitchen walk into the living room because i forgot something here come pete ginger pepper following me just to follow me and i'm like but unlike like jesus accepts his kids but i just be like in that case i'd be like why are you following me leave me alone it could get aggravated having like someone or something just continuously following me like give me space mm -hmm. move 
But it's the fact that these multitudes of people came and Jesus was just like, yes. <laughs> like, I accept you. I, I accept you. So I really like that. I thought that it was really cool. And it made me, we don't deserve Jesus at all. But also Bethsaida was a town on the east of the River Jordan. So it was near to where river flowed into the Sea of Galilee. So this was north. This was on the north and east side of the Sea of Galilee. And it was outside the territory of Herod. So. All right. So as the day grew later, the 12 wanted a multitude to be sent away for them to be able to leave and get food and sleep somewhere. So remember, they are literally in a desert place near Bethsaida. So there was nothing out there except for like the five loaves of bread and the two fish they had. So Jesus tells them, you give them something to eat. But not to be like spicy, of course. Jesus is not trying to be petty. Um, the disciples obviously take this as the here and now. Like they think of what they currently have and a practical way of solving the problem, which is in this case, spending more money to possibly buy more food, which would have been a lot of money that they didn't have, right, Judas? Because remember, treasure leaves are both the treasure. And Jesus, after instructing the disciples how to sit the people, blesses the food, looked up to heaven, breaking them, and fed the multitude. So everyone ate, and there was 12 baskets of leftovers. Overall, Jesus supplies for our needs, and he can do so much with less. He does not need a lot. So I just wanted to ask, has that ever happened to you when the situation has presented itself and you try to combat it in a practical way to the point where thinking about it stresses you and Jesus simplifies the situation with his help? Every day. <laughs> uh, all the time. See me, I find that I'm an overthinker in general. Like when something is about to go south, like, oh my god, what can I do? He's like trying to hold all the pieces like this. And then Jesus comes and he's like, and you know, solves it. You know, I can't, I don't know if I can think of like a specific example. I can think of one. I'll give you all one. Go ahead. One time, it was me, Cheyenne, and our two friends, Naya and Jada. We went to the beach. The next day, I was supposed to go home. And so I was just like, oh my gosh. I don't know if I should go home tomorrow because da, 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 such and such is not going to be there. My mom was in, my mom was in Virginia and I wanted to surprise my mom she was going to be there. So I was like, it makes no sense for me to go this early. I should go later. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I should just go now or I should just go later. <laughs> By the end of the day, my plane was canceled. <laughs> my plane was canceled. So I was able to reschedule it for the later date that I was doing. And I was just like, oh, that that solves solves my problem right there. That solves yeah. <laughs> everything I was just stressed about. Wow. But there's many things that be happening that God just simplifies the situation. And I know it's from him because ain't no way. And then whenever something like really good in that sense happens to me, I pretend I have a bow and arrow and I be like, he don't miss. <laughs> so if you ever see me doing that randomly, I'm this is God. This, straight that's an example i have what about you leah um dang i'm trying to think oh parent teacher conference <laughs> i had um what you call it i was really stressed out about it and like like really really stressed out about it mm -hmm. And then, like, a whole bunch of teachers, they were like, oh, you know, with this transition conference, we're going to let you, like, work the, like, you're going to be basically telling your parents what you've been doing. And mm. me, I was like, I don't know, I wasn't really worried because I had good grades, but I just thought, like, I feel like I just get nervous at everything and anything, especially parent-teacher conference, because I just know, like, usually teachers dwell on everything that's negative mm -hmm. but the teacher that I had like was really really sweet and she wasn't really like a negative person and I don't know if this is a valid example but I was really stressed out 
and I just felt like God helped me in the end of the day because I was really, really, like, I was freaking out about it. So, yeah. That's a good one. That's really a good one. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So, another one example would be my ring. The ring you see on my finger. Where is it? <gasps> it's in the bathroom. You see? Just stuff like that. I My grandmother brought me this ring a year ago. And sometimes when I take showers, I like to give my finger a break and I'll take it off. One time I took it off and I lost it. And it's going on two weeks. I'm literally freaking out. I'm like, where's my ring? <laughs> I'm freaking out mentally. Like, I can't even... I can't even go about my day because I'm like, my ring is gone. And I'm like, Lord, please help me find my ring. And then the last day I had enough. I was like, Lord, you know where my ring is. I'm not going to look for it. If you want, just, if you want to show me where it is, like, I forgot how I said what, but that was like, if you want to show me, just reveal to me where it is. Cool. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress about this. It's in your hands. I'm giving it to you. Uh, 20 minutes later, Jalen walks into the room I was in. He's like, Hey, praise, did you lose this? He's holding my ring. I was like, ah. Oh. I was like, where did you find this? He was like, it was under the couch. I was like, oh my God. I was like, thank you. I was so happy. That happened one time when we had just bought my mom a bracelet and then I was supposed to put it in the bag because we went to the beach mm-hmm. and put it in the beach bag. And apparently, I guess I missed and it fell in the sand. Shame, please. When I tell you, it was time to go. We were like, where's her her bracelet? And I was like, I put it in the bag. Mm-hmm. Like, or even when somebody's taking a towel out and like it fell into the sand. When I tell you we searched the sand, we could not find it. And I started freaking out because it was like we had all gotten her that her, her bracelet for like Mother's Day or something. So like they're all walking to the car and I'm just like, and then I think I saw something shimmer in the light. And I was like, oh. And then I grabbed it and that was bracelet. That was bracelet. In the sand. <laughs> you know when something falls in the sand, it's gone. Okay? Ah. I found it. I don't know. Well, I do know how, but that was just, it was crazy. That was, I had a story like that. But... God don't miss. Nope. You don't miss. But this... Him feeding, like, the 5,000 people, it was literally a miracle that shows us that nothing is impossible to God. God, I only have this. Okay, I told you to do this. Like, I was like, don't don't worry about that. Like, God got you. And God literally can supply all that we need. And the crowd, fun fact, was much more than 5,000 people because there were about 5,000 men. Plus, you got to think about the women and children. So I wanted to add on that. Oh, okay. Like, it's usually the men, yeah. They, then you got to think about oh, the women who were there. Then you got to think about the children were there. And it just so I thought they were saying men as in, like, a collective group of people, men. Like, there were 5,000 men, but there was also, you know, side plot, women, children. Wow. It wasn't like it was just only men just following Jesus. Hey, Lord, hey. No, like you know how in the confederate in the not the confederation, but like it goes all men are created equal, but they really mean just like people in general. That's what I, that's what I thought. So you thought it was generally just people. Yeah. But I can actually say that. Yeah. I thought the same yeah. thing. Clarification. <laughs> I can understand. I mean, looking at this first glance. I would assume. I guess that's what just background context is for. Because I would assume that it's just background people. But yeah. yeah. But moving on to 19, 18 and 19. I mean, eight, 18 girl, 18 to 22. 18 to 19. Okay. That's a tough one. Once Jesus was praying in a private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, Please. others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets from long ago has come back to life. But what about you? He asked, Please. Who do you say I am? Peter asked, 
Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. I, my translation says, Peter answered and said the Christ of God. But okay. nevertheless, same thing. In Matthew, we will learn that Jesus and his disciples were in a region of, I'm so sorry, Caesarea Philippi. Philip. <laughs> I don't want people to like listen to this and think I'm illiterate. I just cannot do the Bible names. I can't. Which was a town. Like, can you imagine going to heaven, meeting all the names you butchered your whole life? That's just so awkward. That's so awkward. You can ask them in person. How do I pronounce your name, ma'am? It's not the way you pronounced it on earth. Like, any bad that. But, um, which was a town in the north of Israel near the mountain called Hermon. So, obviously, Jesus being, you know, all-knowing, he knew that, whew, he knew what the people thought of him. Yet, he still asked and wanted to hear the disciples' answers. Who, again, to point out by this time, have seen many things being with Jesus. So we literally just read a few verses ago of him literally giving them authority over demons and allowing them to heal people. Elijah, fun fact about him, Cheyenne can give you a lot of rundown about him as she has read his story and loves Elijah. You can fill in when I explain him. He's the fire from heaven. That's the, that's the fire from heaven. Don't mess with Elijah. Fire from heaven. And the fire him. came from heaven. Elijah or Elisha. Okay? <laughs> don't mess with none of them. None. Do not. Leave them. Don't. You better not. Okay. So Elijah is a prophet from the Old Testament. So I suggest that, you know, you read about him. Y'all read about him. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's pretty and fun cool. fact about him, he did not die. So he went up to heaven in not. a strong wind. It's not like he was like, oh. It was giving Avatar. It's giving like, Avatar. It, it gave Avatar. Are we talking about blue Avatar or regular Avatar? Talk about the animation. No, it's just like the, the way that he, they described him, like going, ascending into heaven mm -hmm. and like disappearing. And then Elisha's just there. Like, you know what it's giving? <laughs> Claws. The show? The movie you showed me. Oh, that yeah. end when yeah, he was walking was and then he literally he didn't die but he walked and he like went he, like, into the wind like, yeah, I'm telling you if they had iPhones back then shoot man show me the iCloud <laughs> I would want to see this but yeah so he went up to heaven in like a strong wind like he's so cool and then there were people who believed that Elijah would come to earth again so there were some people who considered Jesus to be one of the Old Testament prophets who became alive magically again. And these are my favorite verses in the chapter. My dad used to consistently refer these chapters to me growing up. So the disciples gave Jesus the first generic answer. Um, hold on. What the generic answer, which is what did the crowds think of him? And the next question was directed towards them. Who do you say I am? As we know, without the Spirit revealing the truth to you, you will not understand a thing. The gospel would not make sense to you. The Bible would not make sense to you. The idea of God would sound crazy to you and hard for you to grasp. So, huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. Man cannot come to Christ alone. Always keep, we can't. Or flesh, or, no, we can't. Peter said the Christ of God. So that revelation did not come to him by himself. He didn't just randomly sit there one day eating, partaking in the bread. And he wasn't just like, oh, that's Jesus. That man right there is God. Wow. He didn't just randomly come up with this, like, with his human mind, like, that is God. God is beyond human, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Comprehension? Is it comprehend? I'm going to think of the word later. But... He's beyond our human understanding. So it's not like he, we just randomly, oh, snap. He's God. No. No. Nope. That, that revelation came from God. And as every, as every 
revelation every born again Christian goes through. Something is revealed to us. Like for me, you have that born again experience when it's the spirit is revealed to you and you're like, oh snap. Wow. And it's that moment where everything starts to click because of what Jesus reveals to you. And you're just like, wow. Yeah, I want to follow him. He's God. Like, you know, so it's not like something you can, as you can see, it's obviously not something we can do by ourselves because what are people in the world doing what they want? <laughs> They're choosing to do what they want. They're in the darkness. So just like when Jesus said to Nicodemus in John, most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And you remember Nicodemus answer him not understanding what Jesus is saying. He was like, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Like, you thinking physically of me being born a second time. That's how the, but that's literally a prime example of how the gospel sounds to someone when the spirit is not revealed to you. It sounds like, like, what are you talking about? How, how can I go into my mother's womb a second time? I'm old. I'm, I'm near death. What do you, what do you mean? So, commentary. The Jews expected God to send the Christ, but when he came, most of them did not recognize him. Jesus was not the sort of person that many Jews expected to be the Christ. And Peter knew who the Christ was. This, this knowledge could only come from God himself. And Jesus tells him to withhold this information and predicts his death. So another commentary points out that this is the first time that Jesus spoke clearly about his death. From this time on, Jesus taught the disciples about what would happen. Now, any questions? Mm -mm. Okay. Um, we're going to finish it off with 23 to 27. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? <clears throat> Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, someone, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So, overall... In order to follow Christ, we must deny ourselves, our old ways, our flesh, which, mind you, as my parents used in a song, is so weak that it will cave in like a ceiling. That word, lyric has been in my head for 20 years. Flesh is so weak, it'll cave in like a ceiling. I, I don't know if this metaphor is like... I was like, dang, yes, that's a, that describes it perfectly. So thank you, mom and dad, for that one in, in your song. So a commentary also says, a commentary points out, before a person died on a cross, the person had to carry that cross. And all who want to follow Jesus must be ready to lose their lives. And they will not do just what they want, but they will do what Jesus wants. Each day, it is as if they carry their cross. Then they can follow Jesus. This is the attitude in the life of a person who gives his life completely to the Lord. It is the only proper attitude for a person who truly wants to serve God. Nothing in his life is as important as his relationship with God. Nothing. Nothing at all. To lose your life for Christ is to gain. The reward, in my opinion, is far greater than anything put on this temporary earth, which is the kingdom of heaven. To die for someone is, in my opinion, one of the greatest form, the, like the greatest form of love. To care for someone so much that if the situation presented itself, you would rather sacrifice yourself to give the other person a chance to live is admirable. And that is what Jesus did for us. Like for me, like if a situation, like someone is like, oh, one of you can't leave this room, it's either that or that. And then I go, Cheyenne, I would rather Cheyenne live on and I give my life for Cheyenne. That to me is that I'm literally willing to give my whole life for your life to continue. That love is so selfless. Don't do that. That love is so that's so pure. That's Because people are so selfish. Human, our flesh is selfish. We don't want to think if if this world is a what is it? What's in it for me? Mm -hmm. 
if I die for you, then what happens to me? What about me? Me, 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 me. But then you have someone who came down in human flesh, endured all this thing, and died for us. Just so we can have a chance to live with him and have eternal life. And he do not deserve that sacrifice at all. I tell myself every day, you don't deserve that. Like, I be not even like me putting myself down. I just be like, think like, the human flesh will be like, you don't deserve Jesus. And Jesus, I'm thankful Well, that's for the thing you. is, like, it's a saying where it's like, you cannot earn God's love. Yeah. It is, it is a given. Like, it, it endures forever. There's really nothing that you can do to earn or deserve We deserve it. hell. <laughs> we, we deserve hell. But it's through God's grace that those who are saved and follow him will not mm-hmm. go there. Because he loves us so much, you know? That and then we still disobey him. Like we like obviously sin is still here. We have a I sin nature. Like if somebody if somebody said one of y'all can't leave that room, remember the scene with freaking uh Black Widow and what's Please the Yeah trying to jump off the cliff. Yeah, that scene gets me every time. That scene freaking gets me. I low key want a Hawkeye to go. But you know what? Right, he should have. He should, he have, should gone have gone because you know what? I already oh. lost Captain America and Iron Man, and you telling me again on topic. Anyway, we put it. All my gone. Christian Marvel fans, just let me know what y'all think in the comments. He anyway, been the one he should have. <laughs> sorry. Listen, that family will remember him. Listen, <laughs> okay. We love you, Jeremy, but you gotta go, buddy. You, go- you gotta. Like go. I said, all my Christian Marvel fans, let me know. Anyway. That is what Jesus did for us, and that almost makes me like, it gets it makes me feel happy to really like that's the greatest form of love, a sacrifice, and Jesus did that. So you could never say Jesus don't love you. Look at all He did for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And to lose your no no no, the my thing is the question I have for those listening, for people who, for for those listening, and for people who are unsure of where they stand with like the gospel and stuff. My thing is, what's the point, as he said, what's the point of gaining everything in this world if your soul is lost? Because again, this earth is temporary and has an expiration date that is soon approaching. And what's the point of having everything like in this world while you're living if you'll end up separated from God for all eternity? Eternity is forever. Forever, I understand like our my human mind cannot comprehend forever. The only way I can think of the term forever is if I think of a calendar continuously flipping and not ending. Like when I was younger, the way I used to think about forever and us living with Jesus forever is me thinking of a new day, just keep going and going and going and going. And I'm just like, wow. Like my brain can't, cannot wrap around it. It's a hard concept. So imagine that that you're separated from him forever. It's not like, oh yeah, we're just going to be separated for like 10 days and it has an end. That's it. So it's like the world cannot offer you enough for you to spend the rest of your life afterwards separated from God. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. And this whole world literally has nothing to offer you but pain. You got confusion over here, darkness, and no peace. It's like ghetto out here. So ghetto. And there's nothing here. Literally, there's nothing here. You, I'll wait for someone to try to name something. But there's nothing here that's worth more than God's reward. To just like go up and hear the, well done, my child. <laughs> I'm dropping to the floor. <laughs> Praise, relax. I'm dropping. I'm crying. I'll probably cover my face. I don't deserve to look at you. <laughs> I lose my mind. And then, also, if a commentary points out if we're ashamed of Christ now, he will be ashamed of us in the future. The future will be when God comes again in his glory. Whatever other people may do to us, we must always be loyal to Jesus. Then we will share in the glory of Jesus. AKA, as I always repeat, depart from me. I never knew you. I have no relationship with you. Who are you? Why are you in my house? You don't belong here. I don't know you. You're not on the list. And as for verse 27, I went more in depth with like commentary for this one because apparently there are several different ideas as to what Jesus meant 
to one commentary, it was talking about how when it came to this, the several different ideas, the first one is what happened a week later when Jesus showed his glory to Peter, James, and John, the transfiguration, and the three disciples saw the glory of Jesus on the mountain, and Jesus received honor and glory from God. And another idea is that Jesus spoke about the Pentecost, and then the kingdom of God came with power, and the Holy Spirit came to those who believed. This was the first time that a large number of people became Christians, which is like Acts chapter 2. So since the disciples died before Jesus returned, the reference here is no doubt, as I looked at the third commentary this is what they were saying to the transfiguration which there which this there is probably also a prediction of the descent of the spirit at the pentecost so really it's like pentecost pentecost transfiguration pentecost transfiguration so you know yeah that is where we will stop now the transfiguration is a lot to take in there's a lot of things i'll probably mess out but obviously I'm not going to, I'm what I mean by that is it's probably things I'll probably miss out on my own. So I'm going to get like more like guidance on it to properly execute that chapter as it deserves. Luke wrote his heart out. Might as well read it. See, we don't read Luke. We go, we, we, we see it, Luke. We don't read about Jesus. And yeah, do you have any, honestly, what I really want, not even any comments, questions or concerns, both of y'all, how do y'all feel about this chapter so far? It was, oh, sorry. No, you can go. Uh, I'm like, I honestly want to finish the rest. <laughs> I'm, I'm ex like, I'm excited to read the next chapter, honestly. But yeah, it was a really good chapter. Do you have any takeaways? Like, what stood out to you the most? Like, what's what stood out to me the most was probably like. Stop. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's okay. What stood out to me most is like how much like God could do, how much Jesus could do, probably. Mm -hmm. And like, just like how I don't know how to. I just don't know how to explain it. Like, he did so much while he was here. It's like. Mm -hmm. One thing I did not realize, I did not realize that um, the disciples could do miracles. I didn't, I never, I like, thought they just followed Jesus and that was it. I didn't realize they had the power to like heal people, that Jesus gave them the power. Yeah, like that. Until I read this chapter, I was like, oh. He gave them the authority to, again, he. It's not like they was just following Jesus right. and one day they was like, hey, Peter, what can you do, Thomas? I can do this! Yeah, Look no, at this! I just didn't realize that he gave them that power. I thought they were just like, oh, we're followers of Jesus. We're his road dog. We're his rider. But then I never realized that he actually gave them power to go out. And I remember it says the 12. Judas was in that 12. So Judas was doing this too. Mm -hmm. It just... I think what I took away... My biggest takeaway was... Where is it? So far is really to take nothing for the journey because so, yeah, I feel like I hold on. Yeah, I hold on to so much stuff. And then it's like, in reality, like Jesus is one in control and whatever he says goes. So it's like, here I am holding on to the stuff. But in reality, if I had none of it, I'd probably be relying on Jesus like way more. I feel like I use those, those are obstacles in my life sometimes because I hold on, like money, I'd be holding on to it. But then it's like half of me wants to hold on to it and the other half is like, okay, listen, Jesus can take care of me if I had none. Jesus can take care of me, really. I'm like, he always does. He always does. So it's not like, he did it in college because I did not have any, Leah, I had no groceries. You starve to death, you would have Really? I had no, like, it was this time in my life where I had no groceries because I did not feel like getting groceries. And this went on for, like, almost two months, like, weeks at a time. So, wait, what did you eat for ages? Jesus fed me, Leah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Every day, I was full. Every day. Every day, I was full. Yeah, that's literally, literally, that's what I always bring up because it's like, I, there's no other way to describe it. I had none, no groceries. My shelves were empty and I was always eating. 
even when I was eating, I still had, I would always have money for me to eat for that day. You know, it was just like a, wow. Didn't you work at Auntie Anne's? In the train station? No, I worked at the smoothie place. You worked at the smoothie place. I just, I never saw Ron because I was working in the afternoon. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's that. Should I come up? This was a good chapter. It's alright, Leah, you'll be ahead of the game when everyone comes next week and we do the, <laughs> the last half. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I was like, because no one really said anything. I was like, oh, I don't know. But it is, it is what it is. Because if no one would have came, it would have probably just been me and Cheyenne just doing the chapter. But yeah, you could pray out, cousin. Ooh. I, I I don't know why. I'm so tired right now. All right. Then you shouldn't be driving. I always have. Father God, we just thank you. You for didn't tell me to bow my head, so. Bow your head. Thank you. You can start. <laughs> thank you so much. Father God, we just thank you for this day and waking us all up and bringing us here together, even though there's three of us. But guess what? You said when two or more are gathered in your name, your presence is here. She's speaking poetry. So we just thank you, and I pray that we all got something from this chapter and that, um, we can have a great rest of our week until we meet again on the next Sunday. And I pray that we can keep you in our life, even on days other days other than Sunday, and just yeah. keep that relationship. Alive. Let's make every day a Sunday. Make every day a Sunday. Make every day a Sunday. In the name of Jesus, I pray. This concludes this week's episode of Bibles and Bonnets. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe to us on our Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Later, guys.